Bloody Elbow presents Care Don't Care, the show that determines the most and least interesting fights on upcoming UFC events and sometimes strays outside of MMA into general pop culture. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes, John S. Nash, and Eugene S. Robinson. Welcome back to another episode of Care Don't Care, the show that previews the week's upcoming UFC events by determining which fights are hot and which fights are not. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined by Eugene S. Robinson, author of Fight, Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Ass-Kicking, But We're Afraid You Get Your Ass-Kicked for Asking, and host of the Show Stomper podcast, co-host of the If the Shoe Fits podcast, and owner and operator of the Eugene S. Robinson Substack. I'm also joined by John Nash, host of the Show Money podcast, co-host of the If the Shoe Fits podcast, and Bloody Elbow's chief financial columnist. Today, we are looking ahead to UFC Fight Night Cruz versus Vera. But first, let's take a look back to see how we fared on last night's card, and I get to take the victory lap today. Guys. Nice, nice. How does it feel to be in that winner's seat that you, you so often find yourself well, I don't know about often, but I had prepared my little speech and it was going to go something like this, but I couldn't remember exactly how you say it, but it was going to go something like this. Will all of those that appear kindly step to the rear? And let a winner lead the way. Thank you, sir. <laughs> now let's, let's take a look back at the card because I have a huge beef with last night's card and it is this. For the okay. first time since 2014, we get a card with 100% finish rate. From top to bottom, that card was fire. It didn't look good on paper, but it was excellent in practice. But my problem is that the UFC's tightness would not allow them to give everyone a bonus on this card. First yeah. card in nearly eight years... 100% finish rate, and they couldn't pony up bonuses for the whole for, for all the finishers. And I think that's just awful. Yeah, yeah. John, what do you think of that? Because, you know, this is your wheelhouse. Well, yeah. I just say, first of all, how many cards have they given everybody on the card a bonus? I know of two or maybe three, and all those were foreign market cards, weren't they? Or maybe, or not, maybe not for moment in the US, but all were with live gates, right. not at the apex. And so my, my guess is one of two things. If that's the case, this, you'd imagine this would get bonuses and it didn't. So my guess is either they do it because it's kind of a celebration of the fans that have huge crowds at those events that they've given up the bonuses. So they want the fans leaving happy or they budgeted based on uh, the gate being higher than they expected. So, well, we can, we can, you know, spend some money around because we have a higher gate than expected or what was budgeted for. So, but again, I cannot help, but go back to that crazy unfair split and mm -hmm. their mega years that they're having one right after the other. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, the, the gate technically, sorry, the gate technically doesn't matter because exactly. it shouldn't matter because the, the it's a lump sum for the UFC. It's their decision not to put this in front of a live audience. It's and also it's it's only they they budget for the year for the fighters. So the fighters don't get a split normally on the gate. So it shouldn't matter all year if they if they want to, they could easily 
dip into their revenue revenue and share off, you know, split off a few $50,000 bonuses. Dude, I mean, all I have to do is just be mean to negotiations to a star and cut to his, yeah. his purse down a couple hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah. I have to, I have to say that I, I'm going to, and I, I'm saving this for the, the show stomper largely, but you and Mr. Is like, uh, on Twitter proclaiming that this was a super exciting fight. And, and I have to say it, those of you who remember Playboy magazine, it, this was a magazine that started back in the fifties. For those of you who don't remember that it was a largely a nudie magazine. And they got into this thing where they wanted to self justify its creation and its its workings. So invariably in the interview with the playmate who they had like several an issue, they would say, why are you doing this? Right. They would, they would preemptively ask this question. Like, why, why are you like, what's happening? What's happening that you, you're thinking that this is going to be something that you should do. And it, starting within the seventies, routinely after Barbie Benton, many of the women said that they did it to help with their careers. Okay. You look at somebody like Naomi Watts in jujitsu this morning. I mentioned Naomi Watts, a 47 year old guy said to me, who, and he likes he likes movies and didn't remember Naomi Watts because she hasn't had a movie out in five or ten years. So all of this talk about careers, you've seen hundreds of people in front of you who did it for their careers and it didn't redound to their benefit. And yet you are here doing it for your career. So uh, the, the reality of it is, you know, uh, all of these fighters were so geeked to be fighting last night. You know, these young kids coming off of the either contender series or the ultimate fighter show, and they're like, you know, working for, and they're just, you know, so full of enthusiasm. And they clearly got the memo about what, what the bald one hates. He hates it when people give it the mic and they go, I, I don't know who I'm going to fight. He says he wants him to think about that. And they're picking opponents and they're doing everything that the boss man says. And at the end of the night, zip. Thank Book you. Kiss. Thank Nothing. you. Nothing. How's that career going? You should take a lesson from Playboy magazine. And uh, there's no career. There's nothing except what's in that envelope. Do Chuck Berry instead. Refuse to go on until you get that cash. But there, because nobody's doing you any favors. Your boss does not like you. And that's a drag. It really is. I mean, that it, it was basically a history-making card. You know, there's very yep. few cards I in the modern era, I believe this was only the second time. God, I mean, yeah. this is ridiculous. But anyways, we but at least those at least those Nelk boys got their two hundred and fifty thousand. Oh my goodness, mm, Eugene, you gonna get me going here? You're boiling my yeah. lobster already. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, Eugene, I just uh, he gives seems to give big gifts to podcasters that are nice to him. I mean, maybe that should tell oh, us that's something. right. Should, oh, yeah, start right. rethinking our stance here. <laughs> what was that article again? Refresh my memory. I I started to get so angry. I think I passed out, and hit my head on the stove. <laughs> do Steph, do you do you know what he's referring to? Go ahead, John. Refresh, because I I'm barely remembering it now. It made me so angry. Uh, refresh. What what are what the Nelk brothers getting two hundred fifty thousand? Oh no! There was a thing that somebody said that you were. Alexis oh, that podcasters that other... No, that's the reverse though. That's someone. Yeah, you. We got to start. We got to really think of that. There's that certain podcasters are charging guests to be on their show. A lot of the Bitcoin guys and stuff. So if you have a Bitcoin and you want to, you want to, you want to tell the masses because you can tell that our our we have gullible fans. Obviously, Wait, we, we can we edit this out, right? Because you know we don't want to tell the fans that they're that gullible. <laughs> but we have gullible. No, fans, we're keeping so. it in. Okay, yeah, so yeah. you know if you want to be on our show and sell your product to these gullible people out there, we're the show for you. Well, yeah, here's man. the thing. 
one one thing that really gets to me is that media outlets are actually sponsoring fighters. We got to go back to the the barstool thing because oh, barstool yeah. is an is a media outlet, and they are actively sponsoring Molly McCann and Patty yeah. Timlin. And they yeah. this happened because their manager Graham Boylan, who works very very closely with Cage Warriors, he set this up for them. He yeah. actually was trying to charge Ariel Helwani for a Patty Pimblett interview. And Ariel was yeah. like, you know what? I don't pay for interviews. And so that interview got canceled the day of, this has been a few months back. And Ariel was very public about it. He never named Patty, but all of the, the pieces fit together, especially when Graham Boylan puts out a tweet that Patty retweeted that same day about how fighters should know their worth in a better fashion and start charging for interviews. And then Ariel yeah. comes out with, you know, for the first time ever, I had to, you know, not do an interview because they wanted me to pay for it. And however, however, the deal is in real with real journalism, you do not pay for interviews. That's I've had right. many people like say, you got to all about pony up for the, no, we don't do that. Yeah. But that begs the question, is MMA media real media? MMA media is catching up, but we've got a long, long way to go. There are so many media members that accept gifts from promotions, and you should not do yeah. that. You should not. Yeah, uh, there, there's yeah, a yeah. lot of things wrong, but I do feel like there are people within our community that are making great strides. Look, look to your right there. John is making great strides. I mean, on the serious tip, John is doing tremendous work. So when you have standouts like John, like Kareem Z uh, Zidane, like yourself, Eugene, your your uh, Substack focuses frequently on MMA. It's good stuff. You're an excellent mm -hmm. writer. But I don't see you paying for your interviews when you interview uh, MMA people. I don't see John paying for his hot tips under the table. So, yeah, I think, and, well, and I think part of it, the, 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 well, I appreciate the kind words about a guy that doesn't finish any of his assignments. So I really, that's a, <laughs> but uh, I know, but I think, I think also for a lot of fighters, I do, I understand one thinking those who, for a lot of the shows that they're invited to the interview on, they're not there as like a journalist, like here, I'm here to sell myself. I'm there to give you clicks because it's more of a, almost like an old, uh, you know, it's, it's like, was it politically incorrect with mm -hmm. Bill Maher? Like you're a guest just to, for the, for the gimmick of the show. Right. Yeah. For right. a lot of the media. So I, I kind of understand thinking, but yeah, you should never pay. The point of a journalism is you're on, you have, he has something to market the fighter, his own fight, but you're on because of the journalist, you're, you're there to convey the information to the public. Right. So, and I think, a let lot me, of people I don't want to, I don't want to out a certain celebrity named Nia Long. However, in the middle of an interview, she was like, had failed to understand that this is a mutual benefit society. It was exceedingly rude and said, look, do you have any more questions for me? And in a very public way, I turned off the recorder and said, nope, we're done. And she goes, well, well, because, well, if we if you did, then I would say, I go, no, 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 we're finished. <laughs> we're finished. So, yeah, anyway. Anyway, we are going to move on, though, because otherwise we'll get all wound up again. And that's not what the show is about. So we are going to look at some of the, the great fights on last night's card. We don't have time to cover all 10 and get into this 13 fight card we have coming up. But there were some standouts. And I do want to talk about Corey McKenna 
and her tremendous Von Flew chokeover Miranda Granger, Corey McKenna is a freaking beast. My God. Danny Castillo is putting in work with her. She is an excellent wrestler, very good grappler. Eugene, I'm going to turn this over to you. Yeah, when you when I saw Faber in a corner, I was I, I I don't even I don't I didn't even watch at that point. I saw Faber in a corner, and I started like washing. You know, I had the on the on the on the iPad, but I, I'm like washing dishes and half paying attention because I knew if you've ever trained in a place that has you've trained with uh, uh, female team members who start as wrestlers, like all my daughters, for example, you just, there's no just just no they're lowered to the ground. They go, oh, her reach. Forget about that. She was going to shoot a single or a double, take this woman down and murder her. And that's pretty much exactly what she did. Um, and unless you, I mean, like with real wrestlers, like real wrestlers, with male wrestlers, you know, unless you've wrestled in high school or college, you're at a market disadvantage. And with Faber, Castillo, it's like there's no way. I did I did not even think that she was going to lose. That's how much attention I paid to it. And she most certainly did not schooled her opponent on the ground. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it, that's that's nice to see. Also, she's Welsh. They are not yes. known for their wrestling programs, but this girl clearly made the most of whatever was available to her. She yeah, and that's also... and, that, and that's a and that's a point to remember as well. You don't have secondary school educations that cover wrestling in in the UK. They do not. You can get your parents will pay for it if you have a club or something like that. Even though you know you got Billy Robinson's place in Wigan, which is outside of Liverpool, where you, it's but it's still a club that you would have to pay for, not part of your educational experience like in America. It should be noted she is the youngest woman on the roster at 23 so i think that also speaks volumes that such a young girl is so very good john yeah, did yeah. you get a chance to to check this out at all because she looks like she's going to be a contender really quickly what my only concern is my concern like with all wrestlers that they go this is enough and then they're going to end up getting buggy choked by somebody who does wrestling and jujitsu, right? So, or she'll fall in love with her hands because she's got crispy hands too. Well, that that doesn't uh, those those wrestlers who have done that don't end up being that bad. But they, if you neglect the jujitsu thing, then you you got a, you got a life of trouble looking looking at you. Yeah. How about you, John? What do you think? Uh, I saw the submission, thought it was good. You know, the Wales, you'd think they could adopt like Cumberland, Westmoreland wrestling, get back that old traditional folk that they had. But, you know, yep, yep, you know yep. maybe maybe they have a club for that. Maybe she's a member. Yeah. Who knows? But I saw the submission was good. I like the little little phantom pat. And then she said, nope, I'm really screwed. And then did the, the tap out. So another one I want to look at, and I'm, I'm targeting in on the the bonus winners um from this point forward brian battle with that massive head kick knockout of takashi sato and the way sato fell and started making these hand motions it's kind of scary because it was totally um, it looked like it was unconscious and it looked like he was trying to phone a friend i i just thought yeah. it looked like the motions of someone holding a phone and dialing and i was like wow that was serious um, yeah I, I actually i blinked missed the head kick turned and saw him there with his arm and i thought oh he hurt his arm the way he was holding it yeah like with his arm shoulder pop and then i watched it again i go oh that, that guy just has no control of his arm what's going on mm -hmm. he's I mean, out cold so totally you know just unconscious <laughs> movement crazy eugene what did you think 
I'm going to crap all over this again as well. They've been really trying to, they've been putting a lot of money behind, um, let's not say money, because it's the oofsie, let's say energy behind battle. And I'm not saying the guy's undeserving of it, but it just, you know, it just... It, it, it just it always weirds me out to see where the company thinks the company should go by way of, and I could see them working. Ah, he's a handsome kid. He's enthusiastic. Probably not asking for a lot of money. So they're really advanced. I mean, look, Sato. He had what four six inches reach on Sato, who hadn't won a fight in a while. I mean, it was this was a showcase for this kid, and his last fight was sort of a showcase for him as well. I don't think he's nearly as. I mean. All these guys, if they were fantastic versus having occasional moments of brilliance, I'd be okay. But occasional moments of brilliance is not worth all the oofsy love. And I think I, I have my suspicions about why they they love these guys so much. And I'm putting him in the same category with Sugar, Shane O'Malley, and some of these these other. I mean, they're trying to build a future, but they're building the you know. Okay, they're not doing it on the cheap with O'Malley, but with this kid, it's just like again. You know, I'm doing it for my career. Yeah, you need to check that career, man. And I, I don't know. I just thought it was a nothing fight. A nice head kick. Great. That's great. That guy, you know, great. They put that energy behind him because he was the last tough winner. Yeah, I, I didn't like that last fight either because I thought that if I'm seeing the strings, it means you're doing a bad job. I'm not a dummy. Okay. But that's so... what he did, though. He he said he listened to everybody saying that his last fight was boring and that he needed to do more and put more yep. effort. And so that's what he aimed to do when he came into this fight. I thought it was great. Um, well, you know what he did that I really did like? He called out your boy. <laughs> yes, he did. I loved it. Yeah, I thought that was well-placed, well-timed, and I think he can beat that kid. So I think, perfect. That's perfect. I like that. I I, I didn't see any or hear any of the post-fight stuff because I keep the audio down to nothing. He had a good call-out. I mean, he was super lively. He called out two people. He called out Ian Gary, said if he couldn't get Ian Gary, then he wanted Brian Barbarina because I don't like how you spell your name. He thought Brian spelled it with an I. Brian He's actually wrong, yeah. spells his name the same exact way Brian Battle spells his name. So that was kind of funny, but I don't mind him. I, I appreciate that he took it to heart and came back looking like yep. a killer. I do understand yep. that Takashi Sato was was probably destined Washed. to fall. Definitely. Yep. But still, it was it was a nice showing. I, see, I, I, I'm in the between because I actually think this is nice booking for a fighter that's mm-hmm. still young. It's like get him experience. I mean, you know, when you see mm-hmm. a boxer and you'll see him like he, you know, he's got a couple killers and suddenly they put him against a guy that's 23 and 13. You know, it's like, OK, we got to yeah, give you yeah, some yeah, experience, yeah. guy, but we got to give you yeah. see some new looks. This is the the way to, you know, it was on the under it was on the, the prelim. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like it was like he got a, a focus fight at the top. That was a gimme. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like, this is just a, it's another fight. It's not important. It wasn't one I, like I told people, I wouldn't go out of my way to watch, but it's a good, you know, building your resume fight. And it gives you a highlight finish. It's, you know, it's everything you kind of want yep. at that point in your career. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I, I would like those people who cap on us. I would like them to know the, even though we, the number of cares that we had last week wouldn't indicate this was the case, but it sounds like most of us watched most of this fight. Yeah. So go school yourselves. Exactly, exactly. We always 
tend to uh, watch a lot more than we care about. But that's that's the point, though. We're trying to curate. I must reiterate, we always try to curate for you. Now, I have to talk about Sam Alvey because he got... Oh, my God, okay. And he brought all of his kids like they were going to watch their dad win. I'm not a fan of kids that are of an age to understand what they're seeing. So anything from about four on, I don't yeah. want, if I had kids, I would never want them to see me getting beat up or beating someone up. Well, as a guy who's been beaten up in front of his kids, <laughs> uh, which was not my intent, I have to say it was a valuable moment. Uh, my kids had competed already at that point and had won, and it was my turn and I got murked, and they were like, Dad, what what happened out there? Yeah, but your <laughs> kids like, were, like, competing was, age. Sam Alvey's kids are not competing age. I'm, yeah, I'm right, sure right, some right. of them are, but most of them are small. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I would were, not. Were they, were, they, were they crying? I'm sure. I mean, wouldn't you yeah. be if you saw your dad with his face busted open the way Sam's was? My God, he looked like a crime scene victim. He was bleeding so much. And that cut was awful. Awful. Yeah. I wouldn't want my kids. Well, let, let, let's start with the fact that we didn't care about this fight because he shouldn't be in there mm-hmm. anymore. Exactly. But, you know, this is number eight. And technically, it's nine fights without a win because one was uh, a a split draw or a majority or no contest or something. Anyways, it's nine fights without a win and eight losses, outright losses. And Dana is notorious for having said just two months ago that Sam Alvey had a place on the roster and got as many fights as he does because, and I quote, he always says yes. I know people I know people say that about escorts. I would not be surprised if we see Sam another time in the octagon. I mean it's crazy. But anyways, let's get Uh, I just wanna I just wanna point one thing out. This is a this is one of the saddest things about MMA and UFC and stuff because you want to talk about a sport, how the hell why would we even give roster space time to not just the UFC, but the media, the fans, anybody. Do we got eight? It's not like he's losing to the top of the division. Mm-mm. No, eight losses to no, you know, not nobodies, but eight losses to people way down in the divisions. It's, it's well, no, we we we, could, we sit comfortably eight losses to people whose names we don't know at this point in time, right? Like, okay, the the person who eight fights ago beat him at this point, if that person was destined for greatness, we would know who they were. So try I, that on. I wouldn't be shocked if people that he that beat him had went on losing streaks and got kept by the UFC. Hang on, yeah, let's right. take a look. All right. Um Antonio Rogerio Nogueira out. It, yep. <laughs> Jimmy Crute. I don't know if he's out or not, but he hasn't. I don't think he's out. I know he's out that a Drew guy, I bet you is. Yeah. Clitson Abreu. Abreu, oh, I, I mean, not Drew. He uh let's see here. Ryan Spawn. Julian Marquez, Wellington Terman, Brendan Allen, and now Mikhail Oleksiachuk. So some good, some decent names, but the point is, is that he is on an eight-fight losing streak. Come on, get him out yeah. of there. Give yeah, somebody yeah. else a I, shot I, I at that money. I know Clitson's no longer in the UFC. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
Anyways, let's get to Terrence McKinney. I love this kid so much, and I really loved the Patty Pimlet call-out. But you know they're not going to make that fight. They're not going to let Terrence McKinney anywhere near Patty. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, he he he. I, I like I like the kid, especially given his backstory. I wish he was preparing for his his close ups a little bit better, you know, um, because they they're interviewing him and you know he's doing like his little bit of a hip hop thing, and then and then it was clear the second time they asked him the question that he hadn't prepared to be asked beyond that question. You know, go to go to Doug Crosby. He'll give he'll give you some lines to use, but you gotta you gotta improve your mic time, my friend. He's still a baby, so we'll yeah, give him yeah, some yeah. Slack. But yeah, that was phenomenal yeah. from a from a grappling perspective. Um, what you see when he switches his hands, he's got both hooks in from the back, and the guy is trying to shuck him, and then he shifts his hands into into underhooks and lowers his scooch, scooches his body down. That was that was some some slick stuff. That was not that easy to pull off. John, what'd you think? Uh, very impressive. I'm trying to remember the full fight. I remember it didn't last long. I remember right. Gonzalez actually caught him once. I remember in the yes, fight. He but, did. Uh, yes, yeah, but he did. Yeah. And he ate it pretty well. I was, yeah, I was really that impressed was, with that because that, that was a haymaker. I'm trying to remember fully what happened. There's just, you know, a lot of, there's oh, so many man. fights in my mind now that I get confused. But I remember that, yeah, oh, yeah, they, they, they jumped on him. He couldn't quite get the leg oh, triangle no. in, but he still got the hooks in. It was impressive. Very impressive grappling. Almost pulled his head off. So, yep, yep. All right. Well, I, I I think if I if I was Gonzalez, I would have tried uh, Gil Mele- uh, Giblert uh, Melendez's uh, patented Death Valley diver, where it's like a hail mary. You just dive at that point and hope the guy's head hits a mat before yours does, and at least you loosen it up. But he didn't. He did not have the foresight. So. All right. Next up, we get the polar bear, Sergey Spivak. We did not pick this fight, but I selected this intentionally because John has a rule about heavyweight. And I would like to posit that you extend your rule out from the top five to the top seven. And the reason why is because some of these guys that are coming up are worth looking at. And Sergey Spivak is one of them. Um, I, I will be grateful to him forever for getting Greg Hardy out of the UFC and what he did to Augusto Sakai. My God, his face looked like he'd been in a car accident. Uh, Sergey Spivak definitely deserves a second look. John, I'm going to start with you because that is why I picked this fight. Let me let me crap on that for a second. The guy he beat just got knocked out three times in a row and then yeah, got knocked so out. What? So, so what? He still put Greg Hardy out and he still got some good. He's no. 15 and three. Yeah, I'd have to look at the rankings because it's possible I should expand it, but it also could be possible that there's some really bad guys that are stuck in the higher rankings that would play. The rule might be it's not top five, but there's only really, you know, five fighters at a time that I care about. So they might be one, two, three, and seven and eight. But still, I got a feeling it's not going to be that large a number. Then let's just push it to, to seven, just just to accommodate for the Derek Lewis that might be stuck in there. Yeah, you know, well, we'll have to, I'll have to consider it. I'll take it under consideration. I bet Eugene will be more reasonable than you. Eugene? Well, hold on. Who did he fight? <laughs> well, he fought Augusto Sakai, but let, let me let me rattle Last off. night, I, 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 I completely missed this fight. I must have been putting Cora in the bathtub. He beat the off of him. Okay, yeah, the only okay. person that's beaten him since, in the last one, two, three, four, five, six. In six fights, he's been beaten once by Tom Aspinall. Mm-hmm. So he's also he's got a win over Tai Tuivasa. 
Okay, I I need to watch it. I'll go back and watch this one. So in any event, I I would just like to posit that. So please, for consideration's sake. Now, there was a tough fight that was... Muhammad Usman is a heavyweight worth watching. And when he knocked out Zach Pauga, it sounded like a bat hitting a cinder block. That was wow that was scary and Zach yeah. stayed knocked out for over a minute was unconscious like eyes closed not moving for over a minute yeah. and then big francie francis Ngannou, he tweets out that he does not want to take a punch from muhammad usman well, it was such a – it looked like such a pity pat punch. I watched it several times, and I was like – it's and it wasn't with his dominant hand. Wasn't it a left hand, like a jab? And it just like looked like it just grazed him. And I was like, let me turn the audio up. And then you hear it, Ooh. and it was like uh, appearances can be deceiving. Dude, it's done. He, He's out. When he leapt down and got that hammer fist and he bounced his head back up, my yeah, 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 but I, but I, I say that, but I don't think um, I was not, I was not that impressed with his performance. I um, was. I think that, uh, yeah, yeah, the guy was saying, yeah, he's gotten pretty far because of his name. Yes, and he knocked your ass out. However, is he a credible threat in the heavyweights? Uh, this is something uh, I, I'm not sure. I in, am. In a, in a, I am. Yeah. Zach yeah. Hit him. Well, hang on. If you were, if you're wondering about his chin. He got wobbled and he stayed upright and then, you know, boom, the knockout. And he's a good wrestler, too. I mean, I think. Yeah, that's what I wanted to see. And I didn't see that. Yeah, you got to go in and watch this one again. I think that by this time, because the card went forever, the pacing was so shitty. I mean, I know we had two fights that were canceled and they had to stretch. But the pacing was, I felt like I was watching this card for like 24 hours. I know if I start getting complaints from Kasha that it's a long one. Yeah, so you should go back and watch this one again because by this time you were probably with your eyes swimming. No, I was watching because I was watching for you know, uh, um, you know uh, Usman-esque uh, flashes of, of brilliance in the wrestling department. I didn't really, and people, I think they mistakenly called him the older brother. Isn't he the younger brother? Hang on, okay. let me take a look. Okay, I thought he was younger brother. No, he Someone is younger. Yeah. Yes, he is younger. He's. I just, I think there's a future for him, especially with his yes, yeah, 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 yeah. But he's got the he's got the younger brother curse, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, talented family, but not as talented as the other brother, right? So well, Sergio, we could see something. Huh? We never know. I mean, I think the talent is definitely running in that family. Two two tough winners. It's never been happened before. Brothers yeah, winning yeah. up. Also, I would I would correct you on that Sergio not being the more talented Pettis. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, and, and the yeah, long run, it, it kind of looks like maybe Sergio yeah. was the more yeah. talented. Pettis. Yeah, yeah, I know. I thought of that as I said it, man. With the two broken hands, that's a, that's a sad. And he had just opened his fly trap about how people need to examine other options, and then, uh, you know you can make a lot of money. It's like two broken hands. Well, yeesh. Let's talk about Jeff Neal and Vicente Luque because I took a, a big gamble on Neal 
He looked really. No, no, you said you said at the time you it could go either way. You were conscious. Right, but the thing is, is what made me pick that is because the fight before this, Neil looked pretty damn good. So when I he went into this one, the fight before this, Vicente Luque looked pretty bad. Vicente Luque mm-hmm. looks like all of those wars and all of that punishment that he's so willing to take in order yeah. to come back and rally and get some tremendous win. That shit is taking its toll because, boy, nobody's ever finished him before. Nobody's ever been able to knock him out. And Jeff you, Neal, you know who you, you know who I thought of, her. Shogun. Mm. And these guys who fight like that, and when they go, they go fast. Okay, when I finally had that feeling with Shogun, it was against Johnny Boney Joni. However. You know, uh, Neil made me nervous because of the stumbles before, and I was slightly concerned that he was a Abraham and Strausser, you know, always something guy. But uh, but he's back on his horse, and this was pretty impressive, you know. Yes, indeed. Um, and he also took a tremendous shot off Vicente Luque and weathered the storm because I thought for a second there that it might have uh, might have done him in, but he weathered the mm-hmm. storm very, very well. John, mm-hmm. I want to hear from you because Jeff Neal's got some super sharp boxing. Man, he's so good at splitting the guard. Well, what what I'm curious about is um, for Luke, and I should have thought about what's his record against Southpaws because the yes, the, yeah, that yes, seemed to be the big problem. He could not yep. stop that straight at all, and it just yep. kept going through. And, and I started thinking, and, and he lost to Leon Edwards as a Southpaw, right? Yes, he is. And uh, is Bilal Muhammad a Southpaw? I don't know. If, I don't know if that mattered as much, but yeah. uh, Stephen Thompson, what's he? Orthodox or he's Southpaw? He's Orthodox. Yeah, he's Orthodox. Okay, straight. Okay, but Leon. So I got to look back and see if he had trouble with Southpaws before, because it just looked, he looked absolutely confused, but like he couldn't do anything to defend that. So, which is, I mean, he just got rocked again and again and again by the straight just coming right through. So he also, man, he could have protected himself a little better. I mean, that's the problem with Luque. His chin is legendary. I mean, nobody's mm-hmm. put him down before. So well, I mean, they put him down, but nobody's actually put him out. I, I had a comment for the main event, and it doesn't really apply to this. This one, they did, they tucked their chin in this fight, but mm-hmm. I, I'm always amazed in how many fighters do not tuck their chin. Yeah. And uh, that's the main event. That was definitely a problem. But for this, I just, he just could not, that, and his, his oh man, that was really, that last one was painful because I just could imagine his nose got exploded or something mm-hmm. when that one hit. Yep. But anyways, we must get to the main event, and Jamal Hill turned down, turned in a great performance, but so did Tiago Santos. I have to give him his props. Now, he is not going to ever smell a title shot again. I'm sorry, he's not. He hung no, in there valiantly, and I, I salute him for hanging in there for as long as he did. I feel like Jamal Hill is is going to be fighting for a title by the end of the year or early next year. I, I wouldn't say the end of the year. I would say sometime next year we'll see Jamal Hill fighting for a title. I love the guy. I think he's great. And I also like the fact that he doesn't walk around a muscle monster because yep. he has cardio. He has five-round yep. cardio, and that's yep. important. He also he also did something that that I, I really liked. It's like you know you fight every time somebody fights they open a door into their wheelhouse, and he's managed to over the course of his fights not open the door any more than he had to. 
For example, his uh, takedown, both defense and escape from subsequent uh, takedown attempts, was really pretty phenomenal. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean he can wrestle. We still don't know. So he still got, he still managed to have a convincing win over a guy that, say, Johnny Boney Jr. didn't finish, convincing win over this guy. Uh, but we still don't know what he knows. So success for him, right? Like, I, I, you know, I saw him get out of it. I didn't see him really attempt to make a takedown. Does he know? Can he do it? We don't know. Next fighter he fights, we'll find out. Maybe they don't find out until the guy gets a, the chance at the belt. But he, it was, and I love the whole backstory. Mm-hmm. I really, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big, a big fan at this point now. I know? love his mom too. His mom's adorable. Yes, they kept yes. showing some stuff of his mom, and she is great. I loved her. So I'm a big fan of Jamal Hill. I love how much he loves his son and how he brings his son everywhere. I love how he decks out in the most outrageous suits ever. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. Oh, at the post-fight presser, he put on a satin leopard print suit, had the bow tie and everything. It was so cool looking, but it reminded me of the 50s zoot suits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He I like that. definitely he's he's pretty snappy. I like him a lot. John, yeah, what yeah. did you think of this fight? Um uh first of all, I didn't think it was that entertaining. It reminded me of the last several uh Santos fights. Fact, it's, I mean, I, I was having flashbacks. Have I seen this before? And I go, oh, this looks exactly like what happened in the Ankalov <laughs> or Walker fight for he just fights very similar now, and it's I, I don't want to say he's done because he's not losing the like wave run of the mill fighters. This mm-hmm. is not, you know, I'm not, I don't rag him. Like, this isn't Cerrone looking terrible out there. No, but he's it's not, not. He's still fighting the top of the guys and he's just not there anymore. He just looks like a step slower than he was. And I also am not, I, I kind of want to rag on it. I just don't like the idea of him and main eventing. Just like there's nothing really to draw me to the car when a guy's on a massive, you know, mm-hmm. five out of six fights or something, losing streak to headline it. But all that said, Hill looks good. Hill did what he's supposed to do. He won almost all the fight. He did get caught a few times. He was in trouble somewhat a few times. Not serious, but, you know, he he did eat a few, and he did a pretty good job eating them. But he won, so that's the key. And he didn't look really in too much danger. That's the other key. So it wasn't – so I think going ahead, he's in a great position. But I just – I don't know how much I can read into it right now. And he finished a guy that not many can finish. I mean, Johnny couldn't do it. It could be argued that Tiago Santos won that fight. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it could be. And, and in fact, I don't – I mean, I'm trying to think the last time – Glover choked him out, right? That was the last Mm -hmm. loss he had by – so he's a tough guy. I mean, mm-hmm. he just, but he's kind of, he's turned into kind of plotting. Well, he's, he's 38. He's 38. I mean, yeah, I that's, mean, that's a big Yeah, he, but you, you know, when I knew he was done, when they did the package and they show him being a happy father. Oh my God, I right? I said I, the same thing too. Yeah, I, I know what it's like to be a happy father. And, you know, it's just like, man, your head's just in a different spot. It's like. Whatever, training, whatever, you know. And he had a and baby was, girl, too. So I can yeah, imagine, exactly, oh, my you goodness. Know. I mean, he is so enamored of his life right now. And I'm happy for him. I'm glad him and Yana are just in, in that ultra-nesting mode, the happy newlyweds yeah, with the brand-new yeah. baby. That's great stuff. Yeah. Go retire yeah. right off into the sunset before you end up a really bad memory for all of us. Well, then that's the thing. That sounds all well and good, but can he? Yeah, exactly. And that's what sucks. But anyways, we're going to push that fight card off into the sunset, and we're going to look to the sunrise 
of UFC San Diego. Eugene, break it down. Crybabies, bedwetters, greedy bread gobblers, work shy individuals, fault finders, malingerers. This has less to do with your skills and talents as a fighter and much more to do with the marketing you have to wait put behind you by the overlords of the now no longer failed IPO of folks at Endeavor. The bald one and or the oofsie. If you don't like being the don't care side of the equation, the solution is simple. Fight an exciting fight. Until then, don't come whine to us bedwetters. All righty. So we have a 13-fight card. But oy, oy, oy. the reason why is because two of the fights that were supposed to be on last night's card got moved to this card. So... Um, as always, we're working from the topology quick sheet from the bottom up. Belt order is subject to change. First fight on the card is one from last week we did not care about. Ariane Lipsky versus Priscilla Cachuera. Gentlemen, are we still in agreement that we don't care? <laughs> Nothing yes. changed. All right. Uh, ditto for Jason Witt versus Josh Quinlan. Yes. All right. Yep. Now we get into the card proper. Yusef Zalal versus Damone Blackshear. This is at Bantamweight. It doesn't matter for me because Bantamweight is so deep. These guys are almost relevant. Well, Zalal is, uh, but not quite. So I am going to pass. Yeah, I don't care. John. Zalal, I don't think he's relevant. He's been losing a lot of fights, hasn't he? Hang on, let me go back and take. He's I I remember I remember on the show. Oh, that's right. You know what? You're right. You're right. I am misremembering here. So yeah. Anyways, my initial instinct was to pass. So there we go. Yeah, we are moving on. Exactly. You know, all these fighters, they just sort of all blend in together because of these fight night cards. It's so hard to determine which parts of the water are different because it's all watered down. Yeah. Angela it's... Hill versus Lupe Godinez. Now, this is a good fight. It is at a catch weight. It is at 120 pounds. Um, I would like to take Angie here, but I can't. I think Lupita yeah. is going to beat her. Yeah, I know. And I love and we always we, we always go through this loyalty dance, but you know, I'm going to borrow a, a paraphrase a line from Pulp Fiction. Uh, loyalty hurts. <laughs> well, are you gonna take Godinez too? I'm really torn, right? Well, you know what? I'm I, I'm a member of the media here, and I'm a big Angie Hill, Angie Hill uh, booster. Um, but I I don't think that she's gonna get by uh, Godinez. All right, so you're gonna go with Loopy too. And you know what? I like Loopy a lot. She's a great fighter. She checks all the right boxes for me. So, um, John, you want to care about this one? Yeah, I do. Even though, I mean, by all accounts, I really shouldn't care about Hill fights because she, you know, she, she's been losing a lot. But she's kind of like the Matt Brown of the modern yeah. Matt Brown. Yeah. But I still, so, even though, are you going to pick her? Uh, no, that's the thing, though. I'm not picking her. Yeah. You gonna go with Godinez too? Yep. All righty. Uh, but I, I just want to put out there for the record that I've picked Angie for the last three fights that she's had. You've that picked she's Angie lost. for all of her fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, uh, and, but you're betraying her. That's all right. You stuck the, the you stuck the <laughs> no, knife in her back. That's all right. <laughs> no, no. Dang, Eugene. He called you on it. She's a friend to knuckle up, friend to Ozzy. Not much of a friend. Not too good a friend. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm, this is killing me, but I, I just, you know. 
at some point you have to make make the right call, Eugene. Well, the last few she's gotten reamed by the judges, so I don't consider. I think she won those anyway. So how about that? Well, not these last couple. The ones before that. The couple before these last. Two, yes, yes, sure. yes, yes, yeah, yes. But these last two, she she pretty much got beat. Oh, all right, God. next up. Uh, all right, this guy Ode Osborne is a care for me. Tyson Nam used to be a care for me. Ode Osborne produces some big knockouts. <laughs> I like this fight simply because of that. And I am going to care and I am going to pick Osborne. He fits our criteria and so does Tyson Nam. They swing for the fences. I mean, help him for leather from the minute the cage door opens. Seriously. This is the kind of fight, Eugene, that when you make your opening salvo about fight and exciting fight, these two, you always say, it depends on who they're matched up against. These are two guys that are stupidly exciting. Yeah. And I'm taking yeah, Osborne. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of, fan of Nam so much. So, yeah, I would pick Osborne as well. Osborne. All right. How about you, you um, John Nash? Um. Oh man, because all the ads for me is relevant, but I do. Yeah, it's Osborne's exactly. I, I, I'll pay attention because of him, and I, I'm going to pick Osborne. I think he's actually. I think he'll. I think he'll run away. Not run away, but it, it, it'll be a clear win for him. Um, and it should be noted that you said the last time that he was going to be a care for you, which is odd because you normally reserve your cares for two things. They have to be exciting and in in your ranking system. Well, he's close. He's in the rankings. And if I remember right, he's, you know, as a flyweight, he, he knocked out a guy, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's what, which is, that, that's the rare thing. That's, yeah. I like that because you don't see that too much at 125. Exactly. Now we get to lightweight and man, Gabriel Benitez versus Charlie Ontiveros. I want to care, but it's outside of relevancy. I really like Benitez, but you know, he's been that there's rough patches that's been going all around and um, I just can't. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna care. Uh, it's just an another AKA fight in the sea of. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm uh, yeah, I'm. Not, I'm out. Yeah, this is just another fight in the vast sea of UFC fights. Exactly yep. the water. You cannot tell. Okay, we have Lucas Brzezinski versus Martin Boudet at heavyweight. Yeah. Do not care. Yeah, no, I don't care. John, uh, not not familiar with uh, Lucas. So no, don't care. All right. Next up, I believe we have some Yasmin on Yasmin crime here. Yasmin Warigi versus Yasmin Lucindo at Strawweight. Don't care. Yeah, don't care. I'm intrigued by the name. I think yeah. it's, you know, good pro wrestling gimmick going here. But no, I'm not familiar with them. So no, I can't care. All right. Next up at Ladies Flyweight. Nina Nunez versus Cynthia Calvillo. If this sounds familiar, they were supposed to fight yeah. a month ago, but Nina was very ill and had to withdraw. Did, so did, did did we care a month ago? Uh, I think not. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't care about this fight. I, I'm I'm pretty I'm, sure they're, they're both, both on, on losing streak. Yes, so. Nina is on a two fight losing streak, and Cynthia's <clears throat> on a three fight losing streak, which is why I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just it's not that super relevant. All right, next up, Devin Clark versus Azmat Mirzakhanov. Now this one's kind of um, this this one's one I'm going to keep my eye on. I am going to care about this. 
I think Azmat Mirzakhanov is just going to steamroll Devin Clark. I think that's why this fight was set. It is at 205, and I think that Azmat might be uh, a guy that we're looking looking at to enter the rankings here in the next year. He is undefeated. He's 11-0. and 0. So uh, I'm taking Mirzakhanov. Gene? No, let John go. Oh, I... Like- I- I don't. I, I honestly, I don't care. It's a it's a heavyweight fight, right? It's or it's a light heavyweight. It's light, light heavyweight, heavyweight. Right? He's fighting Devin Clark, and I, I just feel like they are gearing this one. He's going to be like a maybe like Chimaev or something like that. I just feel like they're going to be pushing him pretty hard. They might. Yeah, I'm going to wait and see. Let's. I want to see a couple yeah, performances yeah, good, before good. I jump on the the before I start ranking him as someone I care about or not. Okay. Yep. That's what I was waiting for, yeah, because I was like, yeah, just because a guy comes from a certain part of the world doesn't mean I should give a crap about him. So I'm, yeah. I, well, there's, my, some hype, there's, if, if, there's some small hype if, behind him, too, and he is 11 and, it, it, and he's got good fights. Contenders Well, if it was, guy. yeah, but if it was Devin Clark against, I mean, I just, you know, yeah, I, yeah no, I'm not, I'm not, I don't care. All right, we are the third fight from the top now. Gerald Mearshart versus Bruno Silva. Now, Bruno Silva was on a good run, the only person to get by him <laughs> uh, since 2016 was the guy that is getting ready to fight Izzy for the belt in a few months. Alex Pereira is the only guy that's finished him, that has beaten him. Excuse me, he did not finish him. It went to decision, and it was a pretty good fight. And if we remember, Bruno Silva had his moments in that fight. So I'm looking at this. And I'm thinking to myself, Gerald Mearshart isn't going to get by this one. He's not going to get some sneaky sub on this guy. Not going to happen. I agree with you. I think I'm going so. It's, yeah. I'm not super excited for the fight, but it's relevant. And, and I'm, I'll be intrigued. You know, it, I got to pay attention to Silva. He seems like a guy that's mm-hmm. at the top of the division. So, yeah. And I'm not trusting Mearshart. Uh, he's, 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 he's not a gicta or a gict for me, but he's just, you know... A, a usual how about usual suspect I, I, some of his fights i'm i don't know i just i can't i can't trust him i i'm not going up to the betting window put my money on mirror shot just quite yet so i'll pick silver on this one All tough right. guy then we get to the co-main event a featherweight bout david onama versus nate landwehr i believe it's, it's uh relevant john is that in the relevancy yeah, it's right on the cusp yeah. of relevancy. It's right around there. So I, it's so I'd like to lead off by saying I don't care. See, and I want to lead off by saying the same thing. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I was kind of I, I was I had a whole spiel on this because it's it's almost relevant, but it's not. It, featherweight is so deep that it's like okay, now the winner of this, maybe they'll move you in a fight that I really care about. Yeah, because um. I, I can't find it in me. I'm sorry. I'm going to pass yep. on it. <laughs> yep. But the main event, I am not going to pass on because this is a tremendous fight. I freaking love Marlon Vera. And he's taken on Dominic Cruz. And you know what? Say what you will, but Dominic Cruz is still pretty sharp in there. He's not as sharp as he used to be, but he can hang in there. I think Marlon Vera is going to whip his ass from pillar to post, but I love this fight. So I'm going to take Marlon Vera here. Are, yeah, we sure, I, are we sure? Sorry, are we sure Cruz is still sharp? It's been like seven, eight months since he last fought. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, this yeah. is true. He's injury but... prone. He's old. It's uh... well. This is why I said, and I think Marlon Vera is gonna, you know, wipe the floor with him, beat him from. I, yeah, uh, yeah, Eugene. I'll let you go. I'll let the. I'll let the senior. 
go here? Um, I love Dominic Cruz, and I think his time out from the sport has benefited him quite well. Um, I think he's a real student of the game, uh, uh, but I, you know, I don't, I don't think he's going to be beat Marlon. But it's a great matchup, and um, and it, it, to me, it's a kind of kind of fight I want to see. It's like it seems like it's done. There's a purity to it, like Cruz just really kind of, you know, just want to see, just want to see, just want to see. I, I, I understand his instinct. It's clearly he's not thinking about a belt run or any of that crap. Yeah, I just want to see. I'm curious. It's getting the better of me. I'm a fighter. That's what I write on my taxes. That's what I live and breathe. You know, I could be sitting in the seats or the commentating booth wondering if I could take this kid. Uh, I'm just going to put my money where my mouth is and say, let's see. Let's see. And so I really like that. There's, like I say, a purity to it. I don't think he's going to win, but I think he, he will lose in a way that he will find useful and instructive. And I think we will be entertained. Yep. And I think that Marlon Vera is someone we really need to keep our eye on because this guy is just getting better and better. And what I love about Marlon, and I'm sure Eugene likes this too, is the guy is perennially hungry. He fights yep. like he's starving. Yep. And, I yeah, and he probably that. is. I love that about him. John, any any uh, thoughts on this? Um. Yeah, I, I have a love-hate relationship with Cruz because I, I like him often. I'm a big fan of him. But then I get frustrated. Some, I mean, some of his fights are can be awful, though, if mm-hmm. you have the wrong opponent. But sometimes they're super exciting. And But I get frustrated because his injuries. He's so injury-prone and been out so long, and I have no clue where he's at because he's only got a few losses in his career. He's still – every time he appears, he still seems like he defies father time and beats up some young guy I thought was going to kill him. But I can't – I, I, Vera, I think, is at the top of the division, and I just can't imagine that all the injuries, the age, the, the, the lack of activity all these years that hasn't finally caught up to Cruz. All right. So here we go. I have five cares. The two of you have four. The only difference that we share is that I picked one extra. I picked Mirzakhanov. So if Mirzakhanov wins, I will beat y'all. Oh, <laughs> that's oh. the bottom line y'all should pick, okay y'all should win don't lose something. here no it's not that it's that <laughs> i care about that fight i'm interested in it ah uh, you don't care about that fight you're playing win don't lose oh hush your mouth i am no. <laughs> <laughs> so eugene we started with john first last week so it's your turn this week well i got exciting stuff i got the mike Patton uh piece on long duty going live where he's talking about stuff he hasn't talked about before, you know. Um, I don't really dig too deeply on the on the whole why he canceled the Faith No More tour, but it's nice first interview after that. Um, says Wong Duty, I got the Substack uh, where I talk about my comedy bow this past Friday, my first, well, actually my third stand-up comedy bit. And, of course, uh, yet another place I will not be invited back to. And that makes me laugh more than anything else. Uh, and then, of course, there's the showstopper where we talk about the fight that you just saw, but without the interruptions from people who don't know anything. You know you know what I mean. And then Tuesday, it's a If the Shoes Fit. Well, actually, it's not. We were on vacation again for If the Shoes Fit this Tuesday. So, All right. John, what you got? I know I've been supposed to prompt a video. I, I've been really busy with my day job, so I didn't get the video. But I got a piece done that should be out tomorrow about UFC contracts going down a bunch of the provisions and stuff in it. That c- considering that the uh, 
Roxy Montefiore had a really interesting piece last week, so I'm, I'm going off of that, and Nate Diaz's contract stuff. And also, what else I got coming out? Oh, that's it. I got that set. There's no there's no if to shoot bits this week, and I guess we're back next week. We care, don't care. All right. So, folks, there you have it. It's a wrap. Check us out next week. Thank you for listening to this Bloody Elbow Presents production. To check out more of our content, hop over to the Bloody Elbow Presents SoundCloud and iTunes pages, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is titled Bloody Elbow Presents. We are also on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Player FM, and Amazon Music. Just search for Bloody Elbow Presents and you will get brand new shows throughout the week, including Care Don't Care, The Mookie and Crookie Show, The MMA Vivisection, The Level Change Podcast, The Sixth Round Post-Fight Show, Sixth Round Retro, The MMA Depressed Us, Crooklyn's Corner, Exclusive Fighter Interviews, Show Money, and Radio Style Play-by-Play for every UFC pay-per-view. Be sure to also follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloody elbow blog, and as always on bloodyelbow.com. <laughs>